What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hello and welcome to another Baseball America podcast, bogged down in semantics with Hudson Belinsky, that's me, and Josh Norris. That's me. Of Baseball America. Today we're going to talk about baseball. In America. In America. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about the weekend games I just saw, uh, and then we're going to kind of... And one that I saw with you. Oh, and one that that Josh saw. Josh did leave leave his his little nook to go outside and see some baseball in the beautiful (laughs) Carolina weather we had today. Um, so yeah, we're gonna just talk about baseball. So for Friday, um, I had the chance to see Michael Maduella for the third time in a 70-pitch outing against Duke. <laughs> uh, Maduella, obviously a candidate to be you know, the top overall pick in next year's draft. Um, we'll have full write-up on the site on Monday morning. But uh, you know, kind of more of the same for Maduella. Mid 90s, low to mid 90s, it moves, good change up, uh, flashing some really good uh, breaking balls and command of it all. So, um, yeah, I mean the story is pretty much the same there. We'll we'll see how he progresses as he logs more innings on that arm and you know starts to pitch in warmer weather. Two two questions for you based on that. Of the three times you've seen him, which has been the best, and B. How are you going to deal with having to go two weeks without seeing him, considering he's going to, to play opening weekend at Cal? Um, it's hard to say. I would say probably last week. So, so the first time I saw him, he was he showed probably the most velocity we've seen from him thus far in this young season, um, which hasn't even started. The, there is no off season in baseball, really. The, in, in terms of scouting, there's always something going on somewhere. Um, so, first time we saw him three weeks ago, he was touching 96, um, was not throwing his breaking ball at that point, uh, using it in warm ups, but just fastball changeup, and his changeup was really impressive that day. Um, excuse me, then uh, his second outing, he, you know, he did have some issues commanding the strike zone, and was getting squeezed a little bit, but a- again the same kind of you know, three pitches and it's all really good. And then in his second inning that day, he was outstanding, throwing, just pitching off of this fastball, spotting on the corner, struck out the side of ten pitches. Um, but you know, again, battling command issues that day, and then this past weekend didn't show you any 96s or anything special in terms of. Uh, velocity, at least for him, um, but mixing three pitches, getting people out, and you know showing more command than he had last weekend. So it, it's sort of been a, a little bit of a different story every time out thus far. Before we go any further, I'd like to, to mention that people should go to the site, 
It's not only college baseball here we have covered, but Bill Mitchell out in Arizona saw Phil Bickford, the former Fullerton pitcher uh, and potential high draft pick again um, this time around. He saw him in Arizona um, and wrote up a report on his outing. And we, he took some a little bit of video, and that's there with him. And he's now either in or on his way to the Dominican Republic to watch the MLB showcase there with Ben Badler, our our, uh, our international guru, who's going to be there. So we'll have that covered. So he goes from Arizona to the Dominican Republic. He hustles, baby. He knows Just, how to grind. I'm jealous. He's uh, he's got it covered. And uh, Phil Bickford, uh, sort of a you know, one of the more interesting stories. It's kind of a year that's full of. Uh, Kind of uncertainty when you t you talk about those high high end arms and you have whether it be Bigford or Aiken or Matuella coming back off of the the back issues or now uh, Walker Bueller gonna miss his first start with some apparent arm issues so there's there's a lot of mystery and intrigue when you're talking about those you know, upper echelon of pitchers. There's certainly no I mean even before all this there certainly was no slam dunk number one this year. And I think even if there were, I think it'd be kind of foolish to name one in February. For sure. Um, the So in Florida, though, we have seen the, the high school baseball season get started. And uh, Brendan Rodgers has come out with a punch, um, hitting, you know, hitting a home run in his first game of the year, uh, really impressing a lot of people, making more and more people believe he's going to stick at shortstop. So, you know, right now... I mean, if I had gun to my head, he'd be the guy. I would say would be the, the top talent in this year's draft, but that's certainly not decided at this point. It's four months until June. A lot of stuff can happen. Yeah, for sure. So yesterday, after after you saw Duke, or after, after you saw Duke on Friday, you went to. Uh, I drove up into Southern Virginia and saw Hamden Sydney College take on Ferrum State. Uh, I had gotten a. A tip on an interesting arm at Farum State. Uh, not a, a high-end kind of guy, but a guy named Jake Perkins, who shows you just exceptional command. And he didn't—he clearly didn't have his best yesterday. Uh, but a guy who will pitch in the upper 80s has 92 when he needs it. Uh, sharp slider, workable changeup, uh, projectable lower half. The kind of guy who has a little bit of instability in his stride foot right now and you know, one of the biggest things in terms of projecting a pitcher is filling out that lower half and being able to stay strong and balanced throughout your delivery um, so he's a guy who I can see adding maybe even just getting to the point where he can sit at 92 uh, but probably more, probably more of a relief arm in that there's not he's, he's kind of interesting there's there's three pitches but He's also six foot, and it doesn't—it's not the prototypical starter's build. Um, but the mechanics are fine, or fine, I should say. Like I don't mean to say they're not—they're good. They're very good mechanics, very simple, online, repeatable, uh, very good athlete. So you know, a guy who kind of fits in more outside of the top ten rounds, but certainly an interesting arm to see at Ferrum State, a college I'd never heard of before I heard about him. So from there, you, that was your, your game yesterday, and then you went to Longwood. Longwood, yeah. Uh, Longwood was about eight minutes away to drive. 
um, plus finding where the baseball field is, and, which always takes time. Uh, but I went to Longwood, got to get eyes on uh, a number of talents, um, the, the most notable being Kyrie Washington, who's in this year's draft. Um, just got to see a couple of at-bats and got to see him throw from the outfield. Uh, he was playing left field, and I assume that's more of a function of their setup. It's kind of just a, a, a very wide, big left field at Longwood. Um, so I imagine in pro ball he will be tried in center. Um, but just the he's the kind of the guy you'll take off the bus. He, he looks like he kind of reminds me of like a like a Toby Gerhardt type in, in terms of thinking about uh, a running back that's just wide-shouldered, high-waisted, just power to him. Um, and more power to him than there is quick twitch ability, if that makes sense. Um, it's more power than quickness is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but exceptional bat speed. Uh, definitely at this point still trying to get his timing down, um, but certainly a potential high-end guy if he hits well this summer. This spring, I should say. I think that's the first of what will certainly be many Toby Gerhardt references on the Bogdown <laughs> in Semantics podcast. I certainly saw it coming. I didn't even see Kyrie Washington, and I thought, oh, easily to Toby Gerhardt. From what I've heard, it's easily Toby Gerhardt. Uh, he's been oh, runner-up Toby Gerhardt. Exactly. Stanford product. Yeah. Um, and then I emerged from this nook you appear to have made up uh, and joined you <laughs> at uh, North Carolina State this afternoon for their scrimmage. Uh, with themselves, obviously. Uh, Brad Stone was on the mound for one of the teams, and he's going to be their Sunday guy this year, and he looked he looked better than I remember him last year. I tell me what you thought, Hudson. Uh, yeah, this was my my first time seeing Brad Stone, um, and I'm, I'm kind of curious where they're at in terms of their throwing programs, because I did sneak over there on Friday and um, got to see a couple of their pitchers go. Um, not in, they didn't really show what I was expecting to see, um, but Brad Stone certainly a, a draft prospect, uh, a very skinny, very projectable uh, right uh, left-handed pitcher. It's probably about six three, one eighty five, one ninety. Um, but another one of those guys who's very thin in his lower half, um, sitting upper eighties, had ninety in the tank. Would flash a very good curveball, um, two breaking balls that kind of allowed him to pitch at three different speeds. Not much of a changeup at this point, more of a, a show me pitch for me. Um, but something that you know the changeup is really the the easiest pitch to teach um, and develop. Uh, I mean, of an arsenal. So certainly some projection there. Um, I don't really know where he fits in the draft just yet um, because I think he's got, I think there's more velocity in there even right now. Uh, I, I would imagine he's not very deep into his throwing program. There have been reports of him sitting 93, 94 at times. Uh, so we'll see if that's actually in there this spring. But, you know, high end arm, arm for sure. Yeah, it was the, the curveball was a, a 2 to 7 breaker from, from what I saw. Um, the only thing I noticed when I saw him was that uh, a couple times I thought the, the arm slot was slightly higher on the fastball, 
and that's just something that kind of caught my eye. That I wonder if hitters is going if they're going to catch hitters' eye at some point. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, the, the other thing is, in, at times you would see him slow down mechanically uh, for his off-speed pitches. Um, and now I'm actually getting in where I'm mixing up my pitchers. But um, yeah, I mean, there's certainly issues there, and, and that's why he's, you know, he's a, a junior in college and not in his third year in pro ball. Um, but you know, there's some projection and definitely a, a draft prospect uh, to monitor closely throughout the spring. And if you follow North Carolina State, you know that they have Preston Palmero, who is the son of Rafael Palmero. But that's not the only big league star bloodline that they have on their team. They have a third baseman by the name of Joe Denand, who uh, is Alex Rodriguez's cousin. And I'm sure if you're listening to the Bogged Down in Semantics podcast, you've heard of Alex Rodriguez. He is a third baseman with the New York Yankees of some repute. Whether you believe it's ill repute or not, you have heard of him. Uh, and, you know, he looked really good today. I caught the end of batting practice, and he was hitting a ton of balls out to left field just to his pull side and was showing decent enough power to the opposite field. And in the game, he his first two at-bats, he saw two pitches, but hit two balls really hard and struck out, I think, in his next at-bat. or That was his last at-bat. His third at-bat, he walked on four pitches. Yeah. But he was impressive, and he's a freshman. Yeah, he's the guy who you, you see a lot of guys who will get maybe drafted in the later rounds out of high school, even more so you know, given these new rules with the CBA. It's just so hard to sign high school players um, after the 10th the round unless you've specifically planned for it. Uh, but a right-handed hitter with power, um, you didn't get to see him tested too much defensively at third base. Um, but his presence there has you know, caused, you know, has, has made NC State make a few changes. They've moved in Andrew Kisner behind the plate as a result of, of having Denand at third. So that will allow them two really, really promising bats in the middle of their lineup. Um, but yeah, Denand uh, took a mistake pitch, an elevated fastball, and drilled it into the wall in left center field. Um, it was 370 feet at that point. And if it's a regular-sized fence, it's a home run. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was home run distance, and it probably had another 15 feet in it. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely a guy to watch. But he's just, at, this, at this point, he's just so far away. Um, you know, but we'll have to keep an eye on him for sure. And if you do get to see him, watch what he does between pitches. It is almost to the letter Alex Rodriguez's. Pre, or between pitch routine with the helmet tapping and the way he does it, just about everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of freaky if you if you know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And there's still some projection in, in the body when you think about how how his shoulders are are right now. That he could certainly add some weight to the top half of his frame. Pretty filled out physically in his lower half, but um, yeah, there may be even more bad speed there. Another guy we saw that we liked a little bit, or as I did, was the shortstop. Ryan Willard, who looks like a really smooth defender over at shortstop, and is going to do very nicely to step in defensively for Trey Turner mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, I would, would agree with that assessment. Uh, Made a play toward the end of the game where he picked a ball and threw it on the line over to first base, showing exactly the kind of arm strength you need on an off-balance throw, mm-hmm. no less. Yeah, I mean, he, he was solid today. Um, at this stage, really just tough to evaluate where a guy like that fits in, in terms of the draft. Um, we'll have to see what he can do against 
you know, really advanced pitching, but he did hold his own today against some pretty solid arms. Um, we had a guy in the middle of the game, uh, Tommy DeJunius, uh, a right-handed pitcher freshman who was... Yeah, we'll have to check on the pronunciation for him. I'm not sure if it's DeJunius or DeJunius. It, There's an E and an A in there. So. Yeah. Um, either way, he was, no matter how you pronounce his name, he was 91-93 with uh, a lot of effort in the delivery, I thought. Um, hey, he tries. He, he does try. A lot he of tries, effort. He tries very hard. Um <laughs> 91, 93, a little bit, a little bit erratic. Uh, despite that velocity, the uh, NC State opposition didn't have a terrible, t- terribly difficult time hitting him. Well, in his his second inning, he was squared up. Um, kind of a, hey, you mentioned the effort in the delivery, but it's also he's leaning back and showing the ball pretty early. Um, so once you kind of get him timed, he's a guy who you're going to be able to hit. Um, but in a relief role, right away, he should have success this year out of the bullpen for sure. Yeah, if um, he can start to command, he can be a weapon. Yeah, and you know he, he was very inconsistent with his breaking ball, but I think in his first inning he threw four breaking balls, and I was ready to put 20s on three of them. But his fourth one was just an absolutely devastatingly late breaking ball, 79 miles an hour, creeping over through the back door, like, extremely late depth to it um, would you know so he shows you a 50 breaking ball um, and showing you 55 60 velocity um, still some room to add weight to that body as well um, a high ceiling guy uh, but yeah again more of a relief arm for them for and, now and then we saw everybody's dream uh, a pitcher come in wearing no number in the back of his jersey and once we solved the mystery it turned out to be Evan Brayband? I think it's Evan Brayband. Yeah. yeah. Um, we haven't, haven't had the chance to research him too too much this far, but um, when I Googled him, his football page came up on the NC State website. A redshirt freshman, apparently, on the football team this year as a quarterback. Um, but just the athleticism is pretty obvious on the mound. Uh, a guy with really good tempo, uh, strong momentum out front. Repeating the delivery well, just raw arm strength at this point, and you know, a pretty, pretty physical frame. And I would guess it looks like a quarterback. Yeah, six three, two twenty. I'm sorry, two ten or so probably would be my guess. Um, worked very quickly. Um, sat probably eighty six, eighty nine, scraping ninety when he needed it. Um, showing some cut, showing some sink at times. Yeah, if, if these are wood bats, as I said to you, he, he's breaking a couple today. Yeah. The way he bore in on, on the, the covered part of the handle a couple times, and a couple hitters to, mm-hmm. uh, to lefties. Yeah, and he, um, I believe it was him who Dunand nearly homered off of. So when, you know, I mean, when he was living down in the zone, no, was that wasn't that wasn't Denand. That wasn't that one. He, he, that was his first at bat. Denand's first at bat was the near homer. I'm gonna bust out my trusty notebook. Well, I've already got mine out. <laughs> this is incredibly awesome podcasting right here. We have Hudson doing a live reading from his notebook. I just put my notebook closer to the, the mic so you all can hear it. If you know Blue's Clues, this is his handy dandy notebook. Exactly. But it's not THE handy dandy notebook. Exactly. Um, so let's see. 
Denand in the third barrel, one into the right center field gap. But Denand, you're right, Denand's first at bat was against Brown um, that was punished. Now, so, what you just heard is the first Hudson Belinsky admitting that I am right. It, is, it has been a long time coming. Um, I didn't expect for it to happen. So but, early? Yeah, it's been almost a, a month that I've been here. So, um, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> you love me, you really love me. Uh, Alright, so let's move on. Um, any other players that, that stood out to you? There's certainly a couple more for me. I, I saw that the catcher, uh, or catcher I guess in name, I don't think he caught today. Scott Manea, he hit a ball. He hit a hard single to left field. On, it wasn't. I don't think it was a great pitch. It looked like something that was either hanging or rolling up there. And he kind of did what he's supposed to do with it. Um, yeah, those are the guys that stuck out to me today. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Manea, a guy who people knew about, was drafted out of high school uh, from Massachusetts. I believe the Mariners took him in the 37th round. Um, yeah, just a solid all-around player. Uh, doesn't exactly look the part when you see him you know, walk off the bus, but does everything well. Um, did come in towards the end of the game to receive, um, and you know, again, he's he's a very solid receiver. Um, and I think people get a little too into pitch framing these days, but this is a guy who can can certainly make a lot of balls look like strikes, and you know, yeah, I mean, just very effective back there. Uh, Quick-footed, athletic, but he doesn't, you know, again, doesn't look like he, he would be athlete, as athletic as he is. So with the, the regular season upon us, I think we mentioned this on a previous Bog Down in Semantics, but you are going to start your weekend, your, your regular season in Wilmington, where you will see the University of Kentucky, mm -hmm. uh, University of Wilmington, uh, Carolina, University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and Ball State? Ball State and Richmond. Richmond, I think there's a fourth team in there because that's how baseball works. Um, sure. Then you'll be moving on to the College of Charleston? No. No? I will be moving on to, um, I'll be heading down to Myrtle Beach to see Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head of all the teams that will be down there, but Maryland will be down there. So Maryland's a, a big time target for me to see. Um, I expect them to roll out arm after arm after arm. I won't be there to see them on Friday when they'll use Mike Shawarin, who is, you know, would have been a service, serviceable ace for them last year had they not had Jake, Jake Stinnett. Um, but he's going to be their Friday guy this year, uh, a guy who was, you know, had some interest out of high school in New Jersey. Um, low 90s, really good curveball. Very effective college pitcher at this point. Certainly has draft upside uh, for next year, but just a sophomore this year. Um, some of the arms at Maryland, goodness, there's so many, even in, in the bullpen, especially in the bullpen, actually, when you think about left-hander Alex Robinson, who's uh, going to have some command issues, but if he can show people that he's going to command the strike zone this year, he could be in that sandwich pick second round kind of mold as a left-hander reliever who you know, will bump 96 with an above-average breaking ball. Um, Drosner is another guy there. Uh, Willie Rios in the bullpen. Um, offensively, Anthony Papio or Mike Racino. It's a loaded team at Maryland, and 
I believe it's been mentioned, probably not on our podcast, but um, on the, the Baseball America podcast before. Maryland this year preseason ranked the first time ever. Uh, and so uh, certainly a program on the rise, a lot of depth there. I'm excited to see them uh, against some pretty quality competition down there in Myrtle Beach. So from there, uh, I think I'm going to be sticking around this general area. I'll probably catch uh, Wake Forest, Georgetown, VCU, and I think there's another school that I'm missing at Wake Forest um, mm -hmm. on either Friday or Saturday. Uh, maybe stick around the area otherwise, because mm -hmm. uh, I've got um, some other stuff to do around this area during that time. Um, but yeah, I think that's my schedule for the opening weekend. I think we're going to have Mike Linana at uh, Eastern Carolina to check out the University of Virginia. And Eastern Carolina, University of Virginia obviously has a lot of guys, including uh, one of the best pitchers in college baseball, uh, left-hander Nathan Kirby, mm -hmm. who should be a very high draft pick this year if everything goes his way. For sure. Um, and and, um, Jim Schoener will be bouncing around somewhere. Yeah, and um, we mentioned a little bit earlier the, the fact that uh, Walker Buehler's having some arm issues, but another draft prospect at UVA, uh, McCarthy, uh, lefty swinger who's carrying tools as bat is going to miss some time with injury. Uh, I believe it's the first six weeks. I'm not sure if it's the first six weeks of the season or six weeks from the, the, the date time of the announcement. Of the announcement. So he, he may just be three or four weeks into the season we see him back. But um, yeah, he'll be a guy for sure this year. Um, and if he, you see, now he's just going to have to prove that he's healthy and going to be able to stay that way. So beyond college baseball, what we've got going uh, at Baseball America, um, tomorrow being February 9th, we have ten, we're ten days away from the release of the top 100 prospects, which will be done, half of which will be on the MLB Network, where you can see J.J. Cooper and John Manuel in Secaucus, uh, counting them down with the MLB Network crew. And then immediately after the show, you can go on our site and see the bottom 50, but it's going to be a very exciting time. I think if you've been on our site, you've seen a, a new video, kind of a new, uh, some new technology we've been playing with, where JJ says the um, the top, the number one guy is either going to be Chris Bryant or Byron Buxton. Uh, so you'll have to tune in um, on February 19th to check that out. And uh, if you want to read up on the top 100 prospects, you can go to our site and you can order the Baseball America Prospect Handbook with Chris Bryant on the cover. It's available now at baseballamerica.com. Uh, they're shipping now. As a matter of fact, uh, we're in the podcast nook right now, and Ronnie, uh, the 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 Iron Man of Baseball America, is in the back loading up even more prospect handbooks to ship out to uh, customers who have already bought and those who will buy in the future. So that's uh, that's what's coming up on that end. Uh, we've got some other stuff coming up. Um, spring training is around. Uh, it sounds like. JJ is going to Arizona, and I am going to Florida this year for spring training. So we'll have both sites covered. I think I'm going to start uh, at Clearwater this year and see whichever Phillies make the quote A Phillies squad that day against the uh, Canadian Junior National Team, which features guys like Josh Naylor mm -hmm. and Demi. Oremolay. Oremolay. See, Hudson can say it way better than I can. I, I uh, his full name is Oluwademolade Oremolay. I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> You've obviously had a lot more time saying that name than uh, I have. A couple other 
prospects on that team. Austin Shields, a guy who's popped up more recently, 6'5", big-bodied, low-90s, power arm. Um, this will be a big, that'll be a big trip for him. He'll probably pitch twice down there, maybe three times. Um, but a guy who has a chance to, to push himself up there and make himself a, a draftable talent um, in the top ten rounds. Uh, another guy is outfielder Miles Gordon, uh, above average runner, just line drive stroke. Um, yeah, there's that's an exciting team always, um, in a, a great scouting environment, uh, getting to see them against minor league players and pro tools. Yeah. Um, speaking of high school guys, we have our uh, along with the um, the top 100 prospects issue, which will be the next issue on newsstands. That's going to also have our high school preview issue, and we're in the process of taking a look at some of the, the best high school teams in the country. Uh, which, what are, in our research, what are the ones that, or what is one that stuck out to you? Uh, I would say at this point, North Florida Christian is one of the more interesting. Uh, with Cole Sands um, and Cole Reagans being the two arms there, um, and it's kind of crazy to imagine them having Carson Sands last year a team that could come at you with those three, one, two, three, as you know, senior, junior, sophomore. Um, Cole Sands, the younger brother of Carson, uh, a power arm, a guy who's certainly in our, our top 100 um, for, for the draft. Um, yeah, a guy who has a chance to do well, very well for himself this spring uh, in terms of the draft and for North Florida Christian, and then Cole Riggins, you know, at this point he's on a short list of, you know, the top left-handed pitchers in the 2016 class, so uh, a team that's going to be very hard to hit at, at this point. And I, I, the, the survey that jumped out to me was, um, was Jay Sarah, uh, Juniper Sarah, in, uh, in Los Angeles. And they have a, a lot of big-time D1 commits, including shortstop Chase Strumpf, uh, UCLA commit, and you, I didn't know much about him going into that, but I took a look at he, I know he played for the Team USA 15U squad a couple years ago, and you look at the numbers, that squad went 11-0, and and they hit seven home runs that year, and Strumpf hit five of them, and I think he hit 487 and stole six bases in six attempts. So those kind of numbers against what uh, I assume is pretty good competition um, jump off the page a little bit, and he will he and his, his Jay Saras will be at the NHSI here at the end of next month. So as part of what looks like a very, very loaded field full yeah, of excellent um, prospects. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of coverage of NHSI, and it's it's going to be a really exciting event this year. I haven't had, had the chance to get down to NHSI before, so it'll be my first time there. Uh, but several uh, top 100 prospects, for at least for, from the list we most recently put out, um, Seth Beer uh, of Lambert High School will be there. He's a 2016 as well. Um, Ryan Johnson is going to be there. Joe Demers. Um, Colby Allard is going to be there. Austin Riley is going to be there. It's a loaded event. Like, it, it's. I, I would imagine we'll see that event cross-checked by just about every team, and we'll probably see a, a ton of scouting directors there. Um, it is. Uh, it does fall on a weekend, so it does compete. You know, with, with college schedules, um, so we, I'm sure you know we're not going to see every scout in the country there, but 
every team is going to be bearing down on that event for sure. Yeah, I mean, last year it was kind of nice, if I remember, because the Friday of that event coincided with NC State being home, so they could watch some NHSI games during the day and then go check out Carlos Rodon at mm-hmm. night. I think he was against Miami that day. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how Duke's schedule aligns, but I'm sure that if, if they're home, there's just a similar opportunity to go see Machuela after some NHSI action, mm-hmm. go see Sky Bolt at University of North Carolina. I mean, in, I mean, I don't know if it's been announced I mean, who the number one at UNC is going to be, but both draftable talents in Ben Moss and uh, in Thornton. So th- there's plenty of arms in this area that are going to be targets for, for later in those days um, after NHSI. So it is, yeah, I mean, you probably see a lot of p- people carpooling from, from Carriott to somewhere else. Yeah, you can check off a lot of names during that, sure. for that couple days. What else do you want to talk about? Do you have anything else on your mind? Uh, so, uh, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit my, about my subconscious experience. Oh, yeah, we're talking about our uh, oh yeah, subconscious experience. Oh, my goodness. It's so hard to get a read on him when he goes <laughs> subconscious. Uh, we're, we're actually talking about the, uh, the sub shop right near North Carolina State. If you remember last time we did this podcast, we talked about barbecue. Now we're going to talk about Subway, or Subway, Sub Sandwiches. Not Subway Sandwiches, but Sub Sandwiches. At a no, I don't, I don't think we're, our, our sandwiches were made by an artist. No, an artiste. <laughs> they were made by a sculptor. But it was both at a, at a, at a restaurant uh, with a pun for a name. Yeah. Subway and subconscious. Uh, anyway, uh, how was your meal? So I, I went with uh, you know the classic chicken parm sub, um, and, and that's you know, that's a meal that's hard to go wrong with. I mean, I would say mine by Northeast standards was well below average, just in terms of if we're grading out chicken parms, uh, it was a forty. Um, but in terms of a meal, it, it's, it's a solid fifty. Um, a little too too sliced up for my taste. Um, sauce was a little tangy, uh, but you know, again, you, you really can't go wrong when you're putting chicken, tomato sauce, and cheese together on a sandwich. Um, As someone who doesn't eat cheese, I would say you've already gone very wrong. I mean, this is one of those things where you're just factually wrong. So it, there's no subjectivity to that. It's just it's wrong. Um, but let's, uh, why don't we um, delve get, into get, get to your meal? So <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are are very interested in that right now. <laughs> if you stuck around this long, you can probably leave now. Uh, I had a, my I have a very refined palate, uh, tested over years of eating only the finest meals. Uh, I had salami with um, tomatoes, onions, honey mustard, and garlic powder, and. It was as good as expected. I don't. I don't want to do the twenty eighty scale on food because that's silly. It was. It was pretty good. Uh, I so good as a matter of fact. I had it for lunch and then after the game had it for dinner. Um, so I liked it the first time. So I'll try it. I'll try it again. Um, it, it was very good. I, I. I'm not gonna, you know, write home about it because who does that anymore? I've already started writing a letter home. Ink, I saw him. He got out. He found a feather on the ground and got it loaded up with ink, into some ink, ink yeah. from a freshly caught squid. It's just pretty much ready to go. He's been singeing the edges of paper by candlelight in our house. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, the the post office is closed today, so we'll have to wait till tomorrow to see how that one unfolds. 
Um, with that, on that note, stick around next time for Hudson's Adventures to the Post Office on <laughs> Bog Down with Semantics. Thank you guys for the listen, and uh, tune in next time. Adios. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.